Welcome to the Key of Life podcast, a show where we explore the limitless creative potential that exists within our human life, from birth to death, ancestry, and everything in between. Every human holds a key that opens a door of possibility to create, sustain, and transform within ourselves and with others. When we share our keys, we create deeper access to the keys within ourselves and open the doors of remembrance within others. I'm your gatekeeper and guide, Nanadua L. Key Hogg. Let's open the door together. Hello and welcome to the Key of Life podcast. Today we have Gemma, who is a traditional birth keeper, traditional midwife in training, a mother, and just a, a woman who is re- reminding women of their own innate power and their own innate ability to, you know, be in their bodies and be them. And today we're going to speak about a topic that is extremely important and I don't feel gets enough talk time or justice (laughs) or um, invitation to speak about as much. We're going to be talking about pregnancy loss and ceremonial pregnancy loss specifically so welcome to the show, Gemma, and thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you. Hi. Thanks for having me on. My absolute pleasure. So I did a little intro of you, but please go into like your own introduction of yourself and a little bit of your story if you feel called and we'll like go from there for sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, well, like you said, my name is Gemma. I am traditional birth keeper and student of traditional midwifery, practicing here in the rural mountains of British Columbia, Canada. I'm a mother of one Earthside daughter. She is five and a half. And yeah, my, my story around loss specifically, um, was prior to getting pregnant with my Earthside daughter, I had a loss in my teen years, which was definitely transformational, um, but also a very, very different experience than my more recent loss, of course, because it was a surprise pregnancy and I wasn't quite prepared to be a mother at 17. Mm-hmm. But I think it still really paved the way in like not only my motherhood journey, but my journey into birth work. Yeah, so that one was ectopic pregnancy, which was very different from my recent one just because it was so medicalized and it was so like it was it was dangerous. I was I was close to losing my life at that point and I didn't have any support or any like healing traditional knowledge around anything to do with this um so yeah I think it really made me dig deep with the little resources I had I had to just go inwards and like find the strength and find my own like ancestral knowledge of how to deal with these kind of things because I didn't have any I didn't have like the feet of wise women to sit at So that loss is really what started my journey with 
spirit babies and my communication with my spirit babies, which is such a huge part of my life now mm-hmm. and my work now. I remember when I found out about that pregnancy and I was sitting with like, if, if I was going to keep that pregnancy and I had just come to a point where I, I was going to let the baby choose. And so I just intuitively wrote a letter to this baby. Like, this is everything I can offer you. Um, Mm. And if you want to stay, then like, this is everything I'll give you. Like, you know, I can't give you a incredible father or, you know, financial stability at this point or whatnot, but this is what I can give you. Mm -hmm. Um, And if that's enough, then let's do this. And if you want to come back later, that's okay too. And then like, I started bleeding from the ectopic a few days after that. So that really, really anchored in me that we have choice and our Mm -hmm. babies have choice. Um, And that, yeah, the communication with those souls is of like utmost potency and importance. So it really, yeah, laid the groundwork for how I went through my next pregnancy and how I parent and eventually how I went through my my more recent loss. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's like extremely powerful. And this was for to yeah, it was for your your first pregnancy. Yeah, you mentioned, and I just think that that's the letter part, <laughs> and just noting because I like as a maiden right now like Mm -hmm. you speak to like all your maiden friends about like yeah you think about being a mom whatever and it's like there's always this like fear of like I'm not gonna have like this in xyz if I have a baby so I just I just don't want to like like I'm not gonna invite that into my life right now which is like completely fair and valid Mm -hmm. but to just hear you know the open communication with the spirit of your child letting them know that hey like I am open to you coming here. This is what I can provide you. This is what I I can't provide you right now. And you can choose. Either way, like I'm I'm here to be your mother. Mm-hmm. And you can choose to come now or you can choose to come later. That part of everything is just so impactful and so amazing that you even thought to write that down and like communicate and connect with your baby like that yeah it wasn't something I was taught or like something anybody told me to do like spirit baby communication wasn't something I was like initiated into whatsoever it was just so intuitive um Mm -hmm. I was not really in a spiritual point of my life yeah I, I do commend my like 17 year old self for just intuitively knowing what to do um, and mm-hmm. being in communication with that that baby was so so profound yeah I'm like getting chills as you're speaking about being in communication with your baby at 17 and just knowing to do that and I think that's a testament to that this technology is just within 
all women, you know, like it's within us, regardless of if we're, we, we think that we're like tapped into like being spiritual, whatever people or not, like this is just innate technology that exists within women's bodies. And when we're presented with experiences like this is when that technology comes online and activates for us and it's like so natural to just do that Mm -hmm. yeah like I didn't need to do a full moon ceremony to get in touch with my spirit baby I didn't Mm -hmm. even know need to know what a spirit baby was I was just in this moment of extreme suffering and confusion um and I was calling upon help um Mm -hmm. and I didn't know what I was asking for help but like it landed Mm mm-hmm yeah, that's like a testament to like prayer and like intentionality with things as well, because that's another thing, too. You mentioned it as well, is that people think that they need to be doing these elaborate things, which is like nice. Like you could totally do an elaborate, like huge thing, like specifically for connecting with your favorite baby and whatever. But ultimately, what I believe and know to be true is that bringing it back to the basics is sometimes so much more impactful and powerful and mm-hmm. because it gets to the root, right? It it's it peels away all of the embellishments and the extraness and it it goes deep into the rawness of what is being experienced and what is truly being intended in the moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And then like that experience made the actual loss so much easier in that it was really, really hard physically. Um, and it was hard to not have support and to know how to heal my body. But emotionally, I did feel so at peace when mm-hmm. I started bleeding because I just, I trusted that soul so much. And I mm-hmm. knew, I knew she would come back. Like at that point, I knew she was going to come back and it wouldn't take too long. So I wasn't shattered. Mm, thank you for sharing that. And I want to like segue that story into because you mentioned it played a role in your pregnancy with your daughter mm-hmm. and all of that. So would you I would love for you to get into that story and share. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's um, yeah, it made it made such a huge impact when so it was a few years later. I was still really young. Um, I was living abroad in Indonesia, just like studying Buddhism and living my best life and definitely not Mm -hmm. calling in a baby. (laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah, I, I got pregnant and it was when, you know, I was really adamantly doing fertility awareness method. It was far, far away from my fertile window Mm -hmm. Um, and it was the first time I had ever slept with this person wow (laughs) um so it was like this soul really wanted to come in (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) um yeah so when she landed I pretty much knew right away um it was just Mm. this like feeling of like oh she's back and I knew I totally knew it was the same soul 
and I remember mm. going to this like wellness event and this woman who was a friend of mine and, and also a mentor and like this in- incredible witch came up to mm-hmm. me and was like Gemma you didn't tell me you were pregnant <laughs> and wow I haven't had inklings but it was too it was too soon to know and I was also still in the space of like no like I it wasn't intimate in my fertile window that's not possible mm-hmm. um so I just laughed and was like I'm not <laughs> and she's like okay yeah <laughs> that's all she said so I ended up testing a few days later and sure enough I was absolutely pregnant so <laughs> I remember going back and telling her a few days later and being like you were right <laughs> I was mm. pregnant yeah I know and she said and it's a girl and wow yeah, I know. And then she offered me um, this like theta healing session to like go into the quantum realm and like communicate with this baby mm. because I was still definitely not in a like grounded financial space to have a child. Mm. I was not in a relationship. Um, and I was just kind of dancing around Asia, living my best life. So it was mm-hmm. still scary and confronting getting that like positive test. But I still knew that like she had come back. And mm-hmm. at this point, I must have had what she needed. Because mm-hmm. that was the agreement we had made. Mm-hmm. So I went into that session um, with her, her name was Amalia, was the, the woman who was helping me. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, totally met this baby in the quantum and like had the conversation that like she was ready now mm-hmm. and I was ready now. And it just kind of melted away any fear and like the rational pieces of like, how am I going to make this work? Mm-hmm. It not really matter anymore. I just knew now is the time and we're going to figure it out together. It was super, super beautiful. And it's just, I found it so funny that she decided to come in then. Like when I had first met this man I conceived with, because he, he could have turned out to be anyone. We had been on like a handful of dates before I conceived. um, And he turned out to be the best father in the world wow which I really think that that was the reason that she came in then or a big part of it was first time I conceived was definitely not somebody I would want to parent with and the second Mm -hmm. time ended up being the most phenomenal father um Mm -hmm. he still is we're not together but he was Indonesian living there had never left the country and he came all the way to Canada and still oh lives my here gosh. Wow. Just, to be, just to be with Muna um and to have her just on the weekends like he doesn't want to live in Canada he misses home but mm. he is in such devotion to his daughter and being here and raising her um that he's he's here and I'm just in full trust of him as a co-parent wow so, and they have the most beautiful, like, soulful, karmic relationship. And, like, she has healed him so much. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that, like, conceiving with him was such a big piece of 
she was ready at that point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. Oh my gosh. I'm like on here, like in the brink of tears, <laughs> just hearing all of that. So beautiful. Wow. Yeah. And it was such a beautiful pregnancy because mm-hmm. I was just in such clear communication with her the whole, the whole point. Like she told me her name only a few days after I found out I was pregnant, you know, without mm. knowing the gender or anything. I remember telling her dad I was pregnant and he was, he wasn't concerned at all. He was so excited. Wow. <laughs> it's like he, their souls had already met and he was already entrusted that even more than I was at that point. And he just said, what are we going to name it? And I said, Luna Shanti. And that's exactly who she was and exactly who she is and and yeah the whole pregnancy was that way um and even the birth was that way like I was just in total communication and trust of her and Mm. yeah like I wonder I wonder what it would be like like going through that pregnancy at such a young age and going through a home birth at such a young age without that like really solid foundation Mm -hmm. of communication and trust with her soul. Wow. Wow. Yes. Yes. All of that. Ah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like, that's really what it is, that trust aspect. And just hearing like the the whole wheel of that story from your first pregnancy with her, writing the letter, being in full trust of her then, and her being in trust of you. And then her coming back and and already meeting her father and mm-hmm. all the way up to her birth, that trust and that thread of just like, yeah, that thread of trust is just so strong all throughout this entire story. And it's really like it's really present for me that that's what it is. It's like this mutual trust. This is a being that has chosen you and like trusts you in that and it's like waiting for you to be ready to trust (laughs) it (laughs) and just hearing your your melting away and you even said it the melting away of the 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 all of the uh, external things and just Mm -hmm. knowing that you're like you'll figure it out and being calm and relaxed in that is just so amazing. Yeah. And yeah, so, so amazing. And I'm wondering how that thread of trust now, like as, as a walking little girl and you being her mom, how that plays out in your reality right now with her. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I feel like, our connection has just been so steadfast and so strong and like we have so much trust in each other um and I I think we just don't know any differently um Mm -hmm. played out like in our mother-daughter journey of just trusting each other and just knowing that this was like so divinely orchestrated for her coming at the exact moment she did like in the times that I was really really struggling with 
being a young single mother and all of the like logistics that come with that um Mm -hmm. no matter how much I was struggling I always just I never felt victimized by it I always felt like this was exactly what both her and I needed for our journeys like this is what we sign up for this is our contract um there is no being victimized by that it's Mm -hmm. just trust Mm -hmm. wow yeah like I even feel like I'm gonna cry again because wow yeah yeah the the taking yourself out of the victim consciousness and you know the power of of choice and knowing and trust in the journey that you both chose to embark on together is just so beautiful. Ah. <laughs> yeah, it also has made like the mom guilt lessen mm-hmm. a lot in the fact that like the times that I have felt really bad for her, like having parents that aren't like married and living under the same house. Mm-hmm. Um, and like those moments that I felt a, lo- a lot of guilt, I can so easily like release that and let that go because I know this is what she signed up for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know that this is what, um, this is what she asked for. Um, and that like, you know, I was trying to avoid pregnancy so hard both times. The first <laughs> time I got pregnant, I was on the pill. Wow. So both times. Um, you know, I felt like I was doing my due diligence and this baby wanted to come in. Yeah. She made a very conscious choice. Um, so it can, it really does help with the, the pieces of mom guilt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And thank you for sharing that too. And it's something that I always bring up with the woman that I walk with prenatally when they're worried about xyz things and like even postpartum like oh am I gonna be a good mom or like I don't know if what I'm doing is the right thing and I'm like honestly your your child chose you for a reason and you both signed up for this together like there's no mm-hmm. there's no wrong in what's happening right now right Absolutely. yeah and sure. yeah that's that's so important and I'm like so in awe of your story and also like your daughter clearly has some like serious shit to accomplish here like on this planet so yeah, I'm happy yeah. she came through <laughs> yeah. Yeah. well she's so she's such a like magical in tune being as well like some of the things she says it's just wild mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, she has a magical in-tune mom, and she chose it that way. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So that can weave into um, my more recent story. Yeah. So I was single momming for many years before I met my current husband, and always really, really, really wanted more babies, like, as soon as possible, Um, Mm -hmm. but I also knew that, like, these other, I had two spirit babies at the time that were in my field, I knew that they wanted, like, a really solid marriage and relationship Mm -hmm. before they came in, so I 
had met my partner and at that point like well to preface that I totally had manifested him with a poem I wow had been a ceremony, like calling him in and I had wrote this poem um with like every single little detail about him and raising our babies together and mm. then within like a few days of that I had a reading um with my dear friend who's just an incredible medium um and she had said that my partner was really really close and that he was in the west Kootenays which is you know a few hours from us we're in the east Kootenays mm-hmm. and I was just like okay <laughs> um and then sure enough I went to the west Kootenays to um to visit my grandparents who lived there and I met him and like instantly I was super crazy because instantly I knew like wow (laughs) (laughs) I was just like this this is my the homesteading husband of my dreams Um, ah yes (laughs) like a week into us talking um we'd spend like you know hours and hours and hours a night uh, talking on the phone getting to know each other and about a week into us just talking on the phone I I told my mom I met the man I'm gonna marry wow and then apparently he had told his father the same thing like around wow so we just we knew it was it was a like karmic becoming for sure Mm -hmm. and around that point um when we were like in the honeymoon phase where I love um my my friend that same friend who I had a reading from messaged me saying that she kept having these dreams of the spirit baby of mine um, that was like really angelic and kept coming to her in dreams saying, tell my mama that everything is going to be okay. And so he kept Mm. just saying that to her. And she was like, he had these like giant blue eyes and blonde hair. And at this point she had not met my partner or seen pictures of him, but of course he has these giant blue eyes and blonde hair. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, so that just felt amazing. And I also, these two spirit babies I had had prior to meeting him were still there, but there Mm -hmm. was now this third one since meeting him. And it was totally this like really like angelic, sunshiny, like Mm. brighter than life boy that I hadn't Mm. met before, before meeting my partner. So I totally feel like at this point that that soul had come with my partner Jesse that that was like his spirit baby that he brought in Mm. it wasn't one that had like followed me my whole life it was like it was his karmic Mm -hmm. spirit baby wow it took us quite a while to conceive which was a big shock to me having gotten pregnant far too easily in the past (laughs) Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, when we did, it was also just a pretty automatic knowing. Like I just felt his frequency in my body. Like this spirit baby was mm-hmm. so strong, and I knew right away. Like it was that it was that third spirit baby that dropped in. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that whole like first trimester. I just felt like 
he like his soul was attuning me to like pleasure and lightness like it was it was such a beautiful pregnancy I didn't have any like anxieties or fears even though I had that ectopic prior I yeah I was just so blissful and joyful and like feeling amazing um it was just such like a juicy frequency Mm -hmm. that this baby brought in of just like enjoying life and tapping Mm -hmm. into like pleasure and simplicity Mm -hmm. I just felt like that was what he was trying to like teach us and attune us to and it was so so strong um and then at 12 weeks I started bleeding and you know which can be normal it was really really light but I also knew just at that point that it was the end of that pregnancy I didn't really have any doubt around that which was interesting because I'd had no premonitions or fears around loss, like Mm -hmm. I said, in that whole first trimester thus far. Anytime I, like, tapped into communicating with him, he would just say that same thing he said in my friend's dream, that everything's going to be okay, mama. Mm -hmm. And I totally, at the time, took that as this pregnancy is going to end in an earthside baby Mm -hmm. when at this point post loss I knew that he was telling me that like everything was going to be okay even though yeah he wasn't going to come earthside mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah wow wow so powerful and I'm seeing this really like on a genetic level you know what he gave both of you in his like being within you while he was there is that like genetic like bodily unlocking of that pleasure and that sunshiny angelic energy of his just Mm -hmm. in you forever now you know (laughs) like totally um, yeah and when you think about like fetal mm -hmm. maternal microchimerism like Mm -hmm. the cells of that baby are literally in your your bloodstream like for the next decade at least Mm -hmm. and they say that like specifically male cells are really really healing for the mother's body so Mm. wow that was the the gift that or one of many gifts that he gave me Mm -hmm. and and now I'm thinking about like the days leading up to the loss I went to a birth and it was the like most beautiful you know autonomous home birth and I was just so blissed out like being at a birth while I was also like ground and blooming with life and it was just so mm-hmm. blissful and it was on the day of Samhain mm-hmm. so then later that night I went to my sister's house for like a sister circle around like death and ancestors for Samhain um, and I went with my partner and everyone was going around the circle like talking about you know anyone who has gone into the spirit world this year we're talking about their ancestors and I had just gone to this birth and I was blooming with life 
and I felt like I just couldn't attune to like the frequency of death and Mm -hmm. grief um I was so on the other side of things um yeah I just said that like I can't really attune to that at this point and that that is that is okay um Mm -hmm. and then my uh, we had a, a ancestors altar for that circle so my husband and I had wrote a little letter to a few of my ancestors and a few of his ancestors asking for their protection for mm-hmm. like this school um and also we had kind of more eloquently asked that they do not pass on their you know, more toxic patterns to this baby. We like wrote mm. down things in our lineages that we are abolishing with this next baby. And we also yes. asked for their, like gave them thanks and asked for their protection for this soul. And then it was mm. literally the next day that I started bleeding. Wow. Which of course now is just, yeah, it makes, it makes so much sense. It's totally like that story of my first loss of just so much intention and synchronicity and letters <laughs> yeah and letters something about writing letters yeah <laughs> I called in my husband with that letter <laughs> to be my magic yeah yeah wow wow and to me it sounds like again the like trust piece is so interwoven and mm-hmm. that you know, those toxic traits were not passed on. And Mm -hmm. I don't like what I'm intuitively feeling into is that they will not be passed on um, with your next pregnancy. Yeah, we totally declared it in that moment. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I feel like there is so many gifts I got from that loss, like so many. I feel like I completely alchemized woman since then especially in my work but like one of the first patterns I remember like working through was when I first started bleeding and I first just knew that this was a loss I dropped off my daughter at a sister's house and called my partner to come home but while I was waiting for him to come home I just like drove around in the countryside just like crying and screaming and Mm -hmm. grieving this process and like the thought that kept coming up in my head was I cannot live if I'm not pregnant anymore like it was just I cannot continue living and I wasn't in a place of like suicidal ideation I think it was just a like I literally died in that moment and I was completely reborn like so many pieces of myself like did not continue to live after that point and it was so potent just having that like constant replay in my head of like I cannot keep living if I'm not pregnant and then being reborn and so much like stronger and so much deeper in my medicine on the other side of like the most immense grief I've ever experienced in my life. Wow and as you're speaking I'm like hearing too that that same letter to your ancestors about not passing on those toxic traits and and like having those toxic traits be done in the bloodline as you're speaking about how you you like went through a death of 
you know, all of those, like I'm hearing and seeing it as a death of all of those traits that you specifically yeah. asked to eliminate. Yeah. Um, so, wow. Wow. Like this, I'm seeing this as like a purification of the bloodline. And it's like even beautiful mm-hmm. that your son came through it as like this angelic, sunny, like light because that like that's a purification like you know like his soul is like a purifying um like the sun the heat the fire you know like is a purifier and a fertilizer too so i'm seeing this all as like a purification and refertilization of your like you and your husband's because like you're in union bloodline (laughs) Yeah. yeah yeah absolutely like it just now like seeing it from hindsight like it just makes so much sense that like mm-hmm. you know he had brought the spirit baby into our relationship um and that it was like predominantly his ancestors that we were working on and like calling that letter mm-hmm. and yeah it was just like, it makes so much sense. Like, this absolutely angelic spirit that came in. Like, I can go back and read my journals. Like, even before I conceived, when I first started feeling this third new spirit baby, that he was just too angelic for this life. Like, he was just mm-hmm. total perfection and light and sun. And we named him Solaris, which mm-hmm. means of the sun. Um, mm-hmm. Both my partner and I got little matching sunshine tattoos for him because that is exactly exactly what he was and we still feel him so strongly it was definitely my partner's first experience with communication with spirit babies and so I think this was also a massive initiation for him wow wow whoa that is so epically profound and the fact that you even knew like yeah this is like his spirit baby it was it it is like you like I'm just repeating back what you said in a different way basically at this point but it's like it it's his initiation into that realm with both of you (laughs) you know yeah it was also his initiation into I think like caring for the mother baby Zayed and like really really devoting himself to my needs because mm-hmm. I mean he's always been such a phenomenal supportive partner um but towards the end of my pregnancy I was feeling really really overwhelmed and anxious like something I had not felt in that pregnancy whatsoever I had felt amazing mm-hmm. but I was having this yeah this feeling of anxiety and I was really secluding a lot um and like not having energy to like cook dinner and like he was having to pick up all the pieces of like cooking all the meals and cleaning and doing a lot of childcare and homeschooling with my daughter because I wasn't able to while still working right mm-hmm. I remember this was only a few days before my loss having this kind of moment of panic and being like can he hold me in this mm. um, and talking to him about it being like like, are you okay doing all this? Like, can you hold me in this? Um, Mm -hmm. And saying like, it's about to get a lot worse. And in my head, I thought I was talking about 
postpartum where like, you know, I'm literally in bed doing nothing. Like, and you'll have to hold these pieces for a lot longer. Like it's about to get worse. Um, but I didn't realize that I was actually talking about like the loss and not being able to do anything. Um, and he just looked at me so steadfast and was like, yes, like watch me. I will, I will hold this. And so when the loss happened and I was just so deep in grief and in my sacred postpartum bubble that I was Mm -hmm. doing nothing. Um, And he was just in total like devotion and care to me, like making me bone broth every day um, and just like tending to me Mm -hmm. so sweetly. I like my trust for him deepened so, so much to the point that like, I would never ever question if he is going to be like the perfect provider and protector in my postpartum period because he just held it even through his grief so beautifully. And so I feel like that was another gift that soul gave us is just like total, total trust to his devotion to me and our, our family. Wow. Yeah. And it's like, it's making present to me how not only on like the genetic chimerism aspect of like the mother and the cells, how this is transformational, but like the spiritual transformation and activation in the father's field through being in connection with all that's happening and that spirit. Mm -hmm. And yeah, this entire transformation that you're describing is just like, this is like, (laughs) this is so profound. Like, (laughs) this is so profound. And no, like, I'm in just such immense gratitude. Like, thank you so much for sharing all of this with with me and all of the women who, and men who will hear this. (laughs) Like, this is incredibly important to know that it exists as a possibility you know to be held in in your celebration and to be held in your grief together and to move through and to to create space and to hold space with each other in that way and the deepening of again that thread of trust through all of this yeah like I I'm just so happy to be here because when I was going through like the depth of my grief and my lay-in period I like I had no ceremonial stories of loss Mm -hmm. to orient to um and every time I looked online like there was nothing there was nothing that wove like the energetic and spiritual into loss offerings like I did Mm -hmm. end up going to one support circle for loss and like everybody was just talking about their experience in the in the hospital and like all of their like fears for their next pregnancy and like all of the million tests they were getting to Mm. you know avoid loss in the future which like sometimes that's the path you're on in loss but it's not where I was at there was nothing in all of my searching that touched on like the sacred and the ceremonial and like the frequency aspects of Mm -hmm. of this and like I knew I knew I wanted to go through this whole process in ceremony 
And I knew I wanted to do it in community and village. Mm-hmm. I also remember this really clear thought, like the first night when I was like in labor with him um, was that I felt this want to not tell anybody, mm. <laughs> to not share it um, yeah. and to just stay in my bubble of just like me and my husband and my daughter and deal with the grief by myself because that is a pattern that I've had for my whole life <laughs> dealing with things myself um, and I just remember in that moment like texting all of my dearest friends to let them know what was happening because and telling them like this is really uncomfortable I don't want to ask for support but yeah. I'm not going to turn away in that in this moment um, mm-hmm. and I know I need it anyway so I feel like that was a huge like attunement for me as well because they did they mm. showed up mm-hmm. the next day all of my sisters showed up and I didn't want them there it was <laughs> so uncomfortable in my like the deepest parts of my grief um and just allowing them to like show up and bring me food and clean my house and then come and like gather around my bed and look me in the eyes and do energy work on me and like ask to hear the story and ask to hear like the medicine from that birth Mm -hmm. and they just cried with me about how much this fucking sucks yeah um and it was so so beautiful to just like be in the depths of it and allow myself to be seen even though that felt like the last thing I wanted to do and they just kept showing up and I just kept allowing them Mm. they came and like set up my 30 days of steaming and brought me herbs they had grown in their garden and like just amazing shoes cooked Mm -hmm. with love and after I think a couple weeks postpartum when I was more kind of ready to get out of bed they did my bone closing Mm. ceremony that was just was so beautiful my very very pregnant dear friend held it in her birth space Mm. that she was um she was about to birth in she was like uh only like a week or so away from birthing and I had some like hesitancies about going and like unleashing this and grieving um, and closing my bones in her birth space. But like, this is what she had asked for. And she Mm -hmm. was completely comfortable in holding this while she was Mm -hmm. so close to her, her portal. My other sister who did it with me was like in her lead and it was just so beautiful, like a menstruating woman and like a, just about to birth woman and uh, like postpartum loss woman all together in this mm-hmm. birth space, like in seat ceremony and like laughing and crying mm-hmm. and just going through the waves of like what it means to be a woman was so, so potent. Mm-hmm. Wow. And like, this is really presencing for me like how it can all exist together you know like the portal of life and death is it's the same portal 
you know it's 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 the same it's two sides of the same coin <laughs> if you will and it can all exist together and it can all be held together and be beautiful and I'm just I love this this story of your 30 days of steaming and just being so well supported by your sisters and mm-hmm. yeah I'm like that's even when when I'd heard that you're doing like ceremonial pregnancy loss stuff through Instagram I was like oh my gosh that's mm-hmm. amazing and it was right around the time when I was being initiated into doing like pregnancy loss work because I mm-hmm. had I like stepped into like birth work. I didn't really know that I would be doing anything like death related and was like under the impression like, no, like I don't really have like too much death experience. Like, I don't know that I could be doing that work like effectively and whatever. When like Mm -hmm. reflecting on my own story of my life, like I actually do have a very profound story around death with my mom's loss of my little brother um when I was four so he was born alive and then died shortly after um due to like medical not negligence but due to medical practitioners not doing their their practice accordingly um and it's like I'd buried this this story in my childhood brain like I knew it happened but I didn't I didn't know like the threat of it or like how it had impacted me until like I really went there and was like whoa like this is like a part of my story and really shaped my childhood like as a child I was really because my mom was also a single mom as well with me um shortly after mm-hmm. she experienced that loss so I had been basically doing death work my entire well not my entire childhood but like for a part of my childhood and I had not even recognized that until now stepping into and like really being called into the work of supporting women through their pregnancy loss too my first pregnancy loss ceremony was with a dear sister here who had also had like an intentional pregnancy um release And she just asked me like, hey, like, can you do some sort of womb ceremony for me? And I was like, yeah, like it it was like it wasn't even like a a resistance in my brain to be like, "Ah." it was like an immediate. Yes. Like, yes, of course, I will show up for you and I will I will like curate this ceremony for you to move through this. And after that entire experience of doing that with her we did like a similar sort of protocol with like the steam it wasn't 30 days of steam it was like a one-time sort of ceremony we did the steam and I gave Mm -hmm. her some womb massage and some moksha and just really heard her entire story with all of it because she she hadn't really told it to anyone in full and just the profoundness of that completely shifted my perspective in like no like this death work is very much so like it's synonymous with 
the the birth work you know this is like a portal work (laughs) it's not even a matter of like death or birth it's like this is the portal yeah and you you're assigned and so are you (laughs) Gemma (laughs) like because we're doing similar (laughs) sort of things you're assigned to you know be like almost like a gatekeeper of this this portal Absolutely. Mm-hmm. This is what comes through. And yeah, and the community aspect of it, because my second like call into doing like a death ceremony or a death work ceremony, again, was for an intentional pregnancy release. And it was mm-hmm. more community style. This woman had um, like all her friends who like I'm also mutual friends with some of them, too. And it was just so beautiful everyone participating in the massage for her and everyone like participating and just holding her and like being with her and hearing her and like hearing her too saying I know this soul will come back like Mm -hmm. it was it was time for this soul to not be here now and I know for a fact that this daughter will be back and just this this knowing and this strength this witnessing that through these women and like the honor of being of even being invited to hold that space and like in that moment with them and with all of their community is mm-hmm. just like the ultimate honor and i think not a lot of women who go through pregnancy loss, whether it be like intentional or, you know, like by surprise, not a lot of women know that this work and that experience of being held in community or even by like one other community member is possible and is so much a part of how it has always been. Yeah, and, and that is necessity. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like so many women who have had a loss, whether that was, like, a miscarriage or a stillbirth or an intentional release, like, an abortion, you are – that is birth, and mm-hmm. you are postpartum. Yep. And you have to nourish yourself as if you were in a sacred postpartum because you absolutely are, and you also have all of these layers Mm-hmm. of grief to work through in that point so it was it was when I was in my closing of the bone ceremony and like mm-hmm. being massaged by my phenomenal friends and just feeling so seen and held by them that it landed in to do the ceremonial early birth and loss mm-hmm. circle um, which I've been doing virtually just because Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many people who do not have any sort of access to that. And that is what I was like trying to reach out for mm-hmm. in, in my loss. And it just did not exist. Um, so we ran one, me and my dear friend, Lana, who had a loss only a couple weeks before I did. So we both did it like fresh off of our losses, like deep, mm-hmm. deep in that medicine um, and held space for it was 18 women online to come on and do like 
ceremonial journey work in the space of loss. And it actually really surprised me. We had, we had made the circle like for early birth and loss in general, but we, we hadn't really thought about it in the sense of intentional pregnancy, really. It's not something that we had like marketed. And then more than half or about half of the women who signed up were from intentional pregnancy releases. And so our like perspectives really shifted around that and like Mm -hmm. holding space for them Um, and knowing that like the stories are different, but the energetics are the the same. same. Like cellularly, Mm -hmm. it is the same. Yep. So having like a space of people who had had, you know, various different kinds of intentional releases, like in the system and also like herbally at home. Mm-hmm. And then women who have had really, really early losses. And there was also women who had like stillbirths at full term. Mm-hmm. And just knowing like our stories, everybody came and told their stories and cried together and did spirit baby and somatic work together and just knowing our stories are so different but we were all just we all have the same mm-hmm. frequency like we are all just grieving mothers mm-hmm. um, and just like sitting in that was so so profound mm-hmm. yeah and thank you for for saying that the energetics are the same and that's something I too like came to like my my entire perspective shifted to on intentional pregnancy loss through doing like ceremonial um death work with these women mm-hmm. as well because like I noticed too that the the energetics are literally like the same at the end of the day no matter no matter whoever and whatever's opinion on whatever a woman chooses to do for for what she wants to experience with her body like Mm -hmm. it does not matter death is still death and women deserve to be supported through that mothers deserve to be supported through the experience of death with something that is like so spiritually and physically a part of your experience like that is like a complete visceral like transformation you know and to to not have that and to to not like for me in my brain at least is like to not support a woman through that because of like some like personal weird whatever is going through you with the stories you have about something is just like why would I not support a woman through this experience? You know what I mean? Like, like, why would I not do that? Like, to me, like, for me, it feels (laughs) criminal, you know, (laughs) literally. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's just, it's so necessary. And it's been so buried and lost Mm -hmm. in our culture. Yes. Like, first and foremost, to support women, like, Mm -hmm. to do this traditional healing work, but also it's just been lost in women to, to treat this like a sacred rite of passage. Exactly. I feel like that doesn't even occur in so many mothers' brains that like this process is 
ceremonial. Mm -hmm. And this process is like happening for you and your babies becoming Mm -hmm. like even in the depths of like the most intense grief. I always had that communication and trust to like keep me afloat. Like I don't know how I would have survived that amount of grief without that amount of trust and reverence and being in constant ceremony mm-hmm. like and my daughter like it helped her so much mm. and her processing of this loss was being in ceremony and like just mm. was so upfront with her about it like we didn't we didn't sugarcoat it mm-hmm. whatsoever we just we told her the truth and like she cried and grieved with us like she has been asking for a baby sibling since she could talk like she's baby obsessed she's birth obsessed mm. like me so she <laughs> grieved hard when we when we told her that this baby passed um and like she had to grapple with so much death as well but also she just like kids have this like they don't have all these stories and blocks mm-hmm. like she moved she moved through her grief and it was like it was fast and then she just understood like I remember when we first told her mm-hmm. um, and she cried so hard for like a few minutes and then she was done she got up and she was just looking at my altar in the bedroom mm. and she just turned around and said thank you mama for telling me yes like mm-hmm. thank you mama for telling me and I was it was just it was so beautiful how like her her little soul could hold that like she could understand that and then she was tending to me with my husband like the whole time she was bringing me broth and tea and like I have this beautiful picture of her like holding my Mm. womb like early days postpartum and like we did spirit baby meditations together and we oh my goodness yeah all the time and we had his little Solaris altar out. It's still out. Mm -hmm. I don't think we'll ever put it away. Um, But she would come and I would like express milk because since I was pretty far along, I Mm -hmm. had like full milk production. Mm -hmm. Uh, We would like express a little bit of milk and she would put the cup on his altar and Mm. like call him in and be like, this is for you, baby soul. And she still, like months later, she'll still have moments where she kind of closes her eyes and she said, I was just talking to Soul and he gave me a flower. Mm. <laughs> she said that the other day, just out of nowhere. And it's just so, so mm-hmm. beautiful how much she she trusts the process as well. And that this was, I could explain to her what happened with yes. her soul and that first pregnancy. Like I had never had. Mm-hmm. the inspiration or the inclination to tell her that story before so explaining that to her and then this one being really different in that I know Solaris's soul like is not coming back in the physical mm-hmm. form I just I knew that from the start that like his angelic energy was to come and to give us these gifts in our family and in my work especially um and that he will he'll around with us but he he's not it's not in this contract for him to come earthside um and that there's different my other two spirit babies are the ones that are coming next 
in the, mm-hmm. in the physical form, but to talk to her about it and be like, he's not coming back, but we, like, we have him mm-hmm. and we can talk to him at any time. He'll always be an ancestor. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. And even still, like, <laughs> Luna is just so devoted to him. Mm-hmm. Um, like, she'll... So, like out of nowhere she she'll say like mama you have two children you have me and you have soul mm-hmm. and anytime we like are talking about our family or whatnot um we usually go through like a gratitude list of all of our family and her grandma and grandpa she'll always add soul in there mm-hmm. um, and like oh my god there's also such a beautiful moment that a dear friend of mine also had two losses and her daughter is really good friends with Luna and around the same age. And we were all hanging out probably like a month after my loss. And Luna turned to her little girlfriend and said, do you miss your baby? Because mm. I miss my baby. Mm. <laughs> and like the other little girl was just like, yeah, both of our babies died. So we understand how it feels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like me and her mom just looked at each other and were just like, like they were just so nonchalant. And, yeah. and fine with it. Like, there were no other stories. It was just the mm-hmm. truth of the matter. Yeah. It was just so, so beautiful. And just so telling of, like, all of those stories that we come up in our heads to to make the suffering so much mm-hmm. harder. Yeah. Instead of just sitting with truth. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. And it's, like reflecting like making me reflect back on my own experience with my mom losing my my brother and I'm so grateful that that was your daughter's experience and Mm -hmm. that is an experience that I would have absolutely loved to have like I'm like (laughs) pretty much crying (laughs) but that's an experience that I would have absolutely loved to have had because like my experience was nobody told me what was going on I was at a funeral and I didn't know it was happening and everyone was talking about this baby that like in my head I was like why are they crying about this person that they didn't even know like like that's yeah. like that was what was going on through my like little girl brain because I, I didn't know what was going on right and yeah. the whole time I just and I even told my mom this like I really wish that you told me what was happening <laughs> yeah. you know and it didn't like it didn't take for me until I was like I think in like middle school or like late elementary school until like I had my like big grieving moment about my little brother because it was like it finally dropped in that like this like my brother died (laughs) you know like it took me up until that point to really know that in my like I guess emotional energetics and in my body so yeah it's so important to just be truthful with your children and to speak the truth about what death is, you know? Yeah, and to trust them. Exactly. Trust them to, like, walk through that fire mm-hmm. and trust them to mm-hmm. experience life. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah, and it's like, I think – a lot of people just like don't believe that children have the capacity to even understand. So like why even like tell them the truth of the matter when it's like, no, like children understand and can like take from stuff and know 
way more than than people believe that they can you know and and it's just so simple for them like they mm -hmm. just understand like I said Mm -hmm. there aren't all those like stories that like muddle and confuse and and make things a lot harder to process like they are just in the truth of it and it's Mm -hmm. so yeah we just learned so much watching her walk through that grief yeah wow wow like thank you so 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 much for sharing all of your stories and your family's experience with with me and all of the people who are going to listen to this this has been so like this is like I don't like for me it's like this is the most profound episode that I've recorded thus far oh. <laughs> like like incredibly just yeah yeah thank you so so much and it's it's been healing for even me you know like hearing this you know I haven't experienced pregnancy loss but I've experienced like a loss of a sibling at a young age Mm -hmm. and just hearing your story and the story of your family and the story of your daughter is is definitely like I'm feeling like a part of myself as as like healed and settled through that story and knowing that like thank freaking god that women like you and and like me and your sisters and everyone we're in community with are are like this and are so connected to the natural ebbs and flows of life and death and and the earth and and how that exists in the earth constantly like the earth intentionally releases things too you know like the earth will intentionally release like a plant who who will not survive or an animal species even that doesn't have the capability to to survive or whatever you know like it's all it's all a part of nature all of this and yeah the story has been and you have been like an amazing like you're just ah <laughs> like I love you and I love this entire episode so much. Oh, thank you so much. I'm yeah, I'm just I'm so excited to be talking about it because like like I said, the current rhetoric around mm-hmm. loss is just it's so medicalized and mm-hmm. it it does not it does not elicit trust in your body. Like going through a loss is already so hard to not abandon your body and mistrust your body and think that something is wrong in your body especially when you've had multiple losses mm-hmm. like one loss is like okay yeah I get it but when it's multiple losses it is so hard to not abandon your body and think that something is wrong with her and then you listen to like the current rhetoric around loss and all the different like forms and spaces that are online it's like mm-hmm all about like testing and fixing your body and all of the reasons that Mm -hmm. loss happened and that your body did this and it's just it's heartbreaking that that is the the dialogue that women are seeing when they are in their loss it's the dialogue they get when they go to the hospital to get physical support for their losses Mm -hmm. um and it's just it's not it's not the way yeah not the way yeah our bodies are not broken like we are whole 
we're whole beings and whole bodies and there's nothing to fix you know like there's nothing to fix there's nothing to fix and like who are we to think we have like the privilege of Mm -hmm. knowing what these souls need and what these souls are doing Mm -hmm. like what their contracts are what our contracts are like who are we to think we have the privilege to to know and to control that like there all there is is surrender and I think that's also a huge piece in like Mm -hmm. going through pregnancy after loss Mm -hmm. um is also like intense journey work on its own because it's just especially doing like a wild pregnancy and staying out of the system after loss and staying with the unknowing and staying every day with trusting your body and coming home to that and just knowing like I do not have the privilege of knowing if this pregnancy is going to end in an R side baby. Mm-hmm. And all I can do is just sit at the altar with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Surrendering and like, like everything you just said, like we do not have the privilege of knowing and we can only take with what is occurring in the moment and what is happening right now as it is. And yeah, the the beauty in that actually and like the power in that is mm-hmm. just like also everything and so profound. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but once again, thank you, thank you, thank you so, so, so freaking much, Gemma, for agreeing to come on here and share your story. It has been absolutely just the best. And I am so grateful. Yeah, I'm like sitting in the awe and the like gratitude of it all. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much. Like I said, I'm so grateful that you have opened up this dialogue because it's so so necessary and so necessary for women to know that support is there and that there are women who will hold you with reverence and remain to trust in your body's innate abilities and your baby's innate intelligence Mm -hmm. yeah so we'll continue to do more online ceremonial loss Mm mm-hmm that you can find on my on my socials if that is something that your heart needs whether it was a recent loss a intentional loss Mm -hmm. or it was from decades ago that is Mm -hmm. a space for you and I'm also always happy to speak to women if you want to if you want to reach out I am absolutely here to hold space in that portal as are you Min Mm, thank you thank you Yes, definitely participate in Circle with Gemma and and follow and connect with her on her socials. I will put them in the podcast description. And yeah, thank you so much again. And this has been a great time. Like this has been amazing. Is there anything that's on your heart and mind to like say to close it out? Or are you no, feeling that pretty complete? Really- beautiful and complete amazing okay ah thank you i like keep saying thank you (laughs) thank you once again and 
we will see you again hopefully on the podcast and i would love that yeah and yeah until next time this has been an episode of the key of life podcast and have a great wherever you are on your particular timeline right now peace if you loved what you heard today please let me know by giving the podcast some love in the reviews liking commenting and sharing with someone you love as well as always too you can connect with me on instagram at key of life birthkeeper and with any of my guests with their information and details located in the description until next time ashe